is Two Halves with Shannon Byrne on ABC Grandstand Digital. Yes, hello, Two Halves indeed. How did your team go over the weekend? And did you, more importantly, enjoy the majority of the matches or even all of the matches? Not so many blowout in terms of score lines, and there were some absolute thrillers that kept you on the edge of your seat right until the final whistle. Well, what a round six, and they were all played over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so no games tonight. That is, so there's not a quick turnaround for the representative footy coming up on Friday night, Australia and New Zealand, city versus country on Sunday in Coffs Harbour. More on that shortly, but let's kick off round six. And it all started Friday night at the Sydney Football Stadium where the Sydney Roosters were up against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. We saw Sonny Bill Williams return to his former NRL club. Hadn't been there for a number of years. And, well, the reception was frosty. I think the Sydney Roosters fans realised that they'd have to do a lot of cheering and encouragement to keep uh, him and also his team upbeat. And it was an electric atmosphere with a touch over 21,000 at the Sydney Football Stadium. Sydney Roosters, they were impressive. They kept the Bulldogs to nil at half time. And that is five weeks in a row that they have kept their opposition to nil at half time. And they continued in the second 40 minutes to dominate the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. In the end, the Sydney Roosters, 38 to nil. They opened with a bang and they continued right until that final whistle. And also good news for Sonny Bill Williams. He bagged a double as teammates Daniel Mortimer, James Maloney and Michael Jennings all added four pointers as well. Maloney was perfect with the boot. He sended six conversions and a penalty goal over the black dot to bury the last year's grand finalist, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. I caught up with James Maloney, the man that featured a lot on the screen because he got a lot of points throughout the night and spoke to him on the field as soon as the final whistle went. Well, James Maloney... Uh Smiles all around, and this crowd really came, and they're still celebrating. What a, what an effort! I mean, when you look up at the scoreboard and you see a team again being held to zero, how much does that mean for you guys? More than say the points of 38. Yeah, a lot after last week. You know, we we knew we let ourselves down last week, and pretty ordinary ordinary performance all around down there. So it was nice to have the five day quick turnaround. You know, not much time to dwell on it, and. You know, we knew what we had to fix. It wasn't, it wasn't anything drastic. We just we just had to go back to the basics. We did it tonight and the boys were outstanding. And just on the boys, um, how much is it that everybody's playing their role but also playing for each other? Yeah, 100%. You know, everyone's turning up. The the goal line defence there is outstanding, you know, and our middle boys are doing an amazing job, you know. I thought our back five got in there as well and, you know, we started getting them through the middle and that opened opportunities, so, you know, Full credit to our forward back, you know, they've been outstanding. And a big build-up too, uh, an unusual one, obviously, with Sonny Bill Williams playing uh, his club that uh, he played with when he was in the NRL formerly. Uh, what was, was that probably good too, only having the five days, but even better to see him with two tries next to his name? Yeah, look, it, it wasn't a whole lot to us, you know, was, there was a lot in the media, but at the end of the day, like I said, we were looking at basics and what we could fix, and I think Sonny shut the crowd up pretty quickly, so and he had a couple of great first touches, and you know, he played outstanding, so it's great to see. And what about you personally? Round six, did you think that it, it would have gelled for you so much within a new team? Well, I was confident I'd fit in with the style of play, and 
you know, I, I think it's a credit to what Trent's done, you know, Def defensively especially, you know, it's what we've prided ourselves on and we're getting results early in the season, so still a long way to go and we can keep building, but it's pleasing. Well, if you keep building, they will come. Anzac Day here in two weeks. We look forward to the big epic game against St George. Thanks for talking to ABC Greystand. No worries. Thanks, sir. Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, well, first of all, congratulations on the team win. Uh, how much are you enjoying being in the Roosters' colours at the moment? Yeah, uh, it's coming along nicely. Um, I think for myself, I'm, I'm more pleased with just doing those one percenters, and we did them really well and laid the platform for guys like Maloney and Pierce to, to run the show. So um, it was... Uh, it was a good game, good effort on top of uh, last week's disappointing result, but uh, more importantly, it was great to see uh, the boys' effort pick up. And just quietly, what's what's the uh, allowance you've been given by Trent? You're popping up on the left and right. We're, uh, we're trying to keep a track of where you're going. Oh, I think, um, you know, as long as I nail my core roles first and foremost, then uh, everything else is a plus. So um, sometimes I try and scab a try on the left, but uh, other than that, I've just got to do my core roles for and how much is it to, to, to continue to play well as a team? Is that what Trent's brought into this side, to play for each other and, and all do the one percenters? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, everyone, everyone, you know, we had a lot of new faces this year and everyone's brought into what we're trying to do as a team, first and foremost. And then when you see all the flash stuff on top of that, that's just the boys expressing themselves. So um, nothing gets done in this competition if you don't lay the platform. So that's uh, pleasing to see that the boys done that to it. Now, we're seeing you improve each week, uh, like out of out of sight but you personally how much are you having to do i guess of homework off off the field to get back into rugby league mindset oh, when i first come back it was a bit of a shock how strong all the all the boys were so you know i'm um, firstly i had to get back in the gym and, and uh get stuck into it but you know on top of that just just happy with progressing really well and like i said earlier it's for me it's i just got to try and base my game on the one percenters and um you know when i find i do that really well then the cherry cherries on top just just seem to come well, and how much are you enjoying uh, playing in something like this? And more importantly, 10 days, you're going to be playing in Anzac Day. Have the boys told you how special that is for a while? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. You know, um, fingers crossed. So, you know, I put my best foot forward and, and gave it more and just got to leave it up to the selectors now. So see how we go. And just finally, talking about selectors, uh, hat in the ring for the Kiwi Rugby League side? Yeah, well, definitely. You know, I put my hand up a couple of weeks ago. So I spoke to, and I've spoken to Steve Kearney um, before the season. But I just said if my form warrants it. So like I said, hopefully see how we go. Well, it is at the moment, but congratulations, 38-0 winners. Thanks, Tom Davis, Grandstand. Thanks, Jess. And that was Sonny Bill Williams uh, talking after their 38-0 win where he bagged two of the tries for the Sydney Roosters. And just on, uh, obviously, the news about uh, Sonny Bill Williams, he is not in the New Zealand side. He has a knee injury. And uh, now I think about it, when I saw him at the press conference, he had uh, a lot of ice on his left leg and knee and sort of ankle area I think so he did uh, come up with a sore knee from Friday night's game and will not be taking any part in the New Zealand side to take on Australia on Friday night in Canberra well there was another game on Friday and that was up in Queensland it was the Brisbane Broncos up against the North Queensland Cowboys well, it was reluctant winger Josh Hoffman who scored the best try of his blossoming career as Brisbane snatched a thrilling 12-10 to 10 win over North Queensland at Lang Park. And Josh Hoffman spoke after the match. Guys, I've got Josh Hoffman with me. Uh, he's just putting his mouth guard in his sock at the moment. Josh, a big smile on your face. Uh, wins like that against North Queensland must make a team pretty happy. Yeah, definitely. We knew uh, straight away that it was going to be a tough game for us. Uh, Cowboys, you know, uh, trying to get their back-to-back -back wins just as uh, same as we were. So um, in these conditions, we knew we had to grind it out. And, 
on the back of last week's uh, game against uh, the Titans, we knew the, our, our big boys could, um, you know, win the, win the match in the middle. Your own form of late, uh, two tries tonight. It seems like the combination between you and Jack Reed's working really nicely at the moment. Oh, you know, it's always good to um, have a centre that passes the ball. Uh, it's, it's something that we've been working on um, at training a lot this uh, this season, and um, you know, it, it was a big uh, disappointment for myself uh, from the switch to uh, to the wing. But you know, uh, you got to do what's best for the team and, and just just uh, get the job done. You feeling happy there now? Oh, definitely. You know, it was a smile on my face, especially when. Um, you know, you get great wins like this in front of uh, in front of your fr- uh, fans and at home, especially. What do you think has led to this turnaround? Uh, we're seeing the Broncos struggle to find points, but now you look like you've got some attacking flair. Yeah, you know, um, we knew that, that that was something that we had to work on uh, this 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 year, and our attack hasn't been um, you know that flash at the start of the season. But you know, I think a lot of the boys took a lot of belief out of um, you know uh, the start of the season and. Um, you know, it was it, it was something that we've been working on, and, and you know, it's just good to get um, get that win. And a few people write you off after, after only a few rounds. Did that really give the boys a G up? Oh, definitely. You know, it's um, you know, it's something that you know we take to heart, especially you know, um, especially coming from coming from your fans. But um, you know, it's something that we put behind us. Uh, we got to work uh, work forward and move move forward uh, through through better things this season, and um, hopefully get to that uh, premiership. Well, Josh, uh, terrific to see you playing so well on on the wing and uh, the Broncos scoring some points and a great win tonight. Cheers, yeah. Thanks, thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks very much. And that was Josh Hoffman talking to Alistair Nicholson. And that was Hoffman's seventh try in only his past three games. And it was the second of his night in the 72nd minute that put Brisbane back in front and required uh, some pretty good strength and athleticism. That was the two quite contrasting games on Friday night. There were three games held on Saturday and it started with the close encounter between the Newcastle Knights and the Penrith Panthers. Only 14 points were scored between the two clubs and in the end it was the Newcastle Knights who prevailed by two points, eight to six over the Penrith Panthers. Uh, And for the Knights it was Kirk Gidley's first half penalty goal that proved the difference between the two teams. In some of the stats, Kevin Kingston from the Panthers amassed an impressive 50 tackles for the night. Tim Grant from the Panthers had 19 hit-ups and the offloads, James Seguiaro for Penrith had five offloads and Tim Grant from Penrith ran the most with 185 metres. So it was that close, but all the stats going towards the Panthers players. The Newcastle Knight coach Wayne Bennett spoke after his team's win. Wayne, two points. I suppose the best thing from a coach's point of view. Yeah, it is. I mean, we weren't pretty and way below our best, but we walked away with two points, so I'll take that and move on. When you put the effort you put in down in um, in Sydney last week against the Dragons uh, into into context, were you flat tonight? Yeah, I didn't think we we there was no reason for us to be flat, but we played that way, unfortunately. Yeah, extremely flat. So, was it more than just being flat in terms of execution? Um, uh, you know the attack tonight, not threatening. Was that a concern to you? Oh, not not really. I mean, w- we know we can attack on that, but because we just had that flat type of game that we played with not a lot of intensity in it, you know, we never we never challenged them, so they were always going to be up for whatever we threw at them because they were under no pressure at any stage of the game. They were just, uh, you know, we were too passive and you know playing within within ourselves and you know then making unforced errors and given them a lot of ball and they held the ball pretty well and had a lot of field position so yeah, we were lucky to get away with it so what we have so move on.
you uh, in preparing for games like this? There's an expectation there that from the fans you're going to win. You're at home. You're travelling much better in the competition than, than Penrith. How do you guard against uh, complacency? And did you see any signs of it this week? Well, a team like the Knights and where we're at in our, in our, in our, in our progression in our stage, it's, this game's a nightmare for us because it's, you know, all the things you said, um, you know, they got beaten 30-odd points last week. They've only won one game, you know, been totally indifferent with their own form. And everybody thinks that, um, you know, they start listening to parents, friends, you know, whatever. And they think they've just got to turn up here tonight and it'll all fall into place for them. And we're a victim of that. And uh, we're not mentally tough enough yet as a footy team to, to say, well, listen, you know, um, they'll come at us hard and, you know, if we don't go back at them hard, we'll keep them in the game. And that's what virtually happened to you. Was that what you said to the team at half-time? Look out, this is dangerous? Well, I said a few more things than that. I mean, they, they knew it was dangerous by that stage, but the difficult part is to turn around. Look, if we did something well and we did do a few things well, that was defend. We, we defended what they threw at us. And, you know, maybe they mightn't be happy with their attack. I don't know. But all I know is that we defended what they threw at us. Mm. And that, that was what got us home. I mean, nothing else got us home tonight. We were never going to score a try the way we were playing the end of the game there. And we got eight points up. A great run by Jimmy James McManus. And, you know, so after that, it was just a case of defending it. And we defended it. I've got to say to their credit, they did defend it really well. I think we had a line break on us. So... Mm. And Darius Boyd's put down a ball, he, he catches 99 times out of 100 and they're back in it with 10 to go. Yeah, well, you kind of know that's going to happen. You just know that something's just going to go haywire here somewhere because it's just we're never far enough in front to put them to sleep or say, well, we can't win here and there's always a chance for them. Um, you know, Walsh put on a bit of a chip kick there about 10 minutes before that, 15, you know, and he, just, he passed it forward, you know, so you can just have something lucky like that happen. I mean, Darius is so good under those high balls and everything but I've got to say James and uh, Kula were wonderful there tonight they got a lot of pressure put them on that second half and the first half but that, that, some of Akua's catches were tremendous it was a real credit to him Danny Badera's situation uh, trained or didn't train yesterday he was never going to play today but his situation's worse with that back I believe yeah well look he was a train he was walking at a smile on his face and um, you know he felt he was getting a little bit better uh, but something's happened overnight and he's woke up this morning in a lot of pain I think he may be in hospital at the moment trying to get some pain relief so and I'll probably operate on him on Monday okay, and we, he's looking at a fairly uh, extensive rehab again from a second surgery Yes, he is, six to eight weeks again. Um, look, I've talked to him in depth about it. Um, I'm happy for him to retire if that's what he wants, but he doesn't want to do that. He feels he wants to play this season. He doesn't want to leave on this note. Uh, he's got to go through the pain and the suffering. Uh, from the medical point of view, there are no problems from their point of view to be able to do it again and get cleaned up like they did last time. There was a 20% chance this might happen, and it has happened. Uh, he, know, he knows the risk. There's no long-term risk to his health or future, uh, which is important to me personally, uh, and he doesn't want to retire, so... I'm happy to go down the path with him, support him as much as we can, and he can come back and he'll always be welcome to the team here to finish the season out. We'll leave it there. Well done on the win. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. And that was Wayne Bennett talking with Craig Hamilton after their uh, narrow two-point win over the Penrith Panthers. It was a thrilling game also in the nation's capital when the Canberra Raiders hosted the New Zealand Warriors. And, well, it was a lovely story. Returning from a year on the sidelines following knee surgery, Terry Campese's pinpoint crossfield kick for flying winger Edric Lee earned the Raiders back-to-back -back wins. Campese's heroics, though, were softened after the home side's blow of losing co-captain David Shillington in the seventh minute with reported rib damage that has uh, the front rower in doubt for next week's Anzac 
test. More on that, uh, no doubt, but it was all about Terry Campisi. A fantastic return, and for him, it was even better news as it was a win. Here he is talking to David Packwood after the big win. Uh, Terry, great comeback. How was the game? Mate, we knew if we could hold the ball at the end of that first half, we had so much possession that we knew that they'll be tied towards the back end. We knew if we had run there with a chance that we could roll them in the last few minutes, and that's what happened. Yeah, they scored first, the Warriors, and they seemed in control, and you just, I, I saw that when you got the penalty, you just seemed to, um, you know, take control and show some great leadership there. Yeah, mate, uh, I think everyone stood up there at the end, um, you know, completely outside, kick chase, get down to the end, and play the, the simple game that it is and we ended up getting the win. Uh, was this a dream sort of comeback that you had? Oh mate, I couldn't have dreamt it any better. Okay, congratulations. Thanks mate. Terry Campisi speaking after his a win which saw him return. Great news after that timeout with an injury. It was an enthralling game at the Olympic Stadium between the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Melbourne Storm. The contenders threw down the challenge to Melbourne, but once again, the Storm proved why they are the NRL yardstick with a 17-10 victory over South Sydney. It was a great battle between two unbeaten teams, and with only one winner being Melbourne Storm, they can boast a perfect record after six rounds. The Premiers, well, they're undefeated since July last year after emerging three tries to two winners in a match that definitely lived up to the blockbuster billing. Craig Bellamy spoke after his side's seven-point win. Well, Craig, tonight you got the win. Pretty high-quality game of football for so early in the season. Yeah, I, you know, I think a few of our games have been pretty high-quality, but that was probably the, the toughest game we've had all year. And, uh, you know, talking to a couple of South players there after the game, you know, Greg and, um, and uh, Jeff Lima and Ben Lay, you know, they, they, they thought the same. You know? So, yeah, it was a high-quality game of footy. There was uh, com completion rates on both sides were very high and wasn't that many points scored so the defence you know on both sides was good especially I thought the standout for me was the goal line defence from us but also from them as well so um, yeah it was a it was a high quality game of footy as you say for this early in the season and um, you know I think everyone here would have enjoyed it everyone watching it at home and TV would have enjoyed it because uh, it was, as I said it was a tough game of footy. In a game like that, little things make the difference. How important was that try just before half-time? Yeah, huge. It was huge. We were just hanging on to a 6-0 and, you know, we probably... You know, we, we might have been a 6-0 better side in that first half or, you know, you, you're probably more thinking we were even. But to go in 12-0 was a huge boost to us and probably a little bit of a downer for South, although you didn't see that in the second half. They happened that really strongly. But that, that, that was a really crucial try for, um, you know, for Mahi to score that just on half-time was uh, huge for us. And, uh, you know, like I say, that, at the end, that was probably the difference. They came at you in that second half. You just seemed to do enough to keep your noses in front. Yeah, we're just um, struggling a little bit with our starts of our second halves, which... Um, you know, it's been a bit of a worry for us, I must say, and it was mentioned, you know, at half-time. So, uh, but again, you know, we, um, although we did have a chance to score first and second half, I think um, Cameron got in the clear and perhaps he picked up Hinchcliffe, you know, we might have scored there, but, you know, that, 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 that's, that's footy. But, um, but as I said, I was really proud of them, you know, when they, um, you know, they got to 12-6, uh, you know, we were the next ones to score and 16-6, and I thought, you know, we handled that really well. Um, you know, they still look dangerous without a doubt, but I thought you know, our defence during that period was great and we were probably uh, made it a little bit harder for them to come out of their half than they've, uh, than they've uh, faced all year. You know, most of the time they've been getting out of their half pretty easy with the size of their players. So, But as I said, you know, there's a lot of really good things that we did tonight. There's a lot of really good things South did. There's a couple of things that we know we think or well, we think we can do better, um, but it was a it was a tough game of footy. And um, as I said, uh, 
I didn't really enjoy watching it, but I'm sure when I watch it tomorrow, I'll enjoy it. Fanua, are you going to have a word to him about uh, getting so close to the dead ball line that the boys in commentary wanted to know that one? Yeah, well, I was sort of, yeah, you know, I didn't know much that happened up there, I must say. It was all sort of slow motion. And, uh, and I was, I must say, I was ready to unload, but uh, when I got in the shed, I was informed that uh, Cooper, Cooper, Cooper Cronk beat me to it. So um, I'll just have a quiet word to him, yeah. And that was Craig Bellamy talking to Richard Svensson after his side. Seven-point win over the Rabbitohs. That means now Melbourne Storm sit aloft of the NRL ladder after six rounds on their own. And South Sydney Rabbitohs only one game behind them in third spot. They're equal, second with Manly Warringah Seagulls, but just uh, points for and against uh, are separating them at the moment. Still to come, we're going to look at the games on Sunday. ABC Grandstand. This is The Two Halves on ABC Grandstand Digital. And there was three games on Sunday to round out the Heritage Round and the first game that kicked off. The sun was blaring at Brookvale Oval for the game between the Manly Seagulls and the Cronulla Sharks and it was a touch over 17,500 fans that saw the Seagulls dominate the opening exchange of this match. They led 16-0 through tries to Justin Horro, Daly Cherry Evans and Tom Simmons before Cronulla twice mounted a gritty comeback and in the end they fell short 25 to 18 the Manly Seagulls won at home Paul Gallen ran 166 metres from the Cronulla Sharks offloads went to Anthony Watmo of Manly he had two the tackles Matt Ballon from Manly applied 38 throughout the 80 minutes despite the absence of key playmaker Todd Carney the Sharks were able to, to breach Manly's impressive defence through winger Nathan Stapleton each side of second half to fight their way back to 16-12 after 48 minutes but Manly, well, they responded well. Hiku crossed in the 59th minute after a bombing a try only minutes before when Brett Stewart sliced through the Sharks' defence and passed on to the rookie winger who scored on his first grade debut. Steve Maddai then stretched the home side lead to 24-12 after 64 minutes when Stuart Mills split a crossfield kick. The Sharks were not done though and Mills scored after clever lead-up work from Ben Pomeroy. Chad Townsend landed the sideline conversion to bring the gap back to 24-18 and keep the Sharks' hopes alive. But it was daily Cherry Evans. He put the knife in the heart of the Cronulla Sharks fans, slotting a, a drop goal for them to have an unsaleable lead. And Manly, in the end, won 25-18 at Brookvale Oval. And that was the first game on Sunday. The second game saw the great heritage round celebrated between the West Tigers up against St George Illawarra at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And it was celebrated with a reunion of the 1963 Grand Final Day, the memorable grand final at the SCG that saw the Gladiators photo that is on top of the NRL trophy taken following the match with Norm Proven from St George and Western Suburbs Arthur Summons. Both were on hand, surrounded by some of their former teammates and uh, former teammates' family members to celebrate uh, the historical meeting back in 1963. And no doubt 
they would have been entertained right until the final whistle. It was a game that gave us everything. St George Illawarra seemed to be an easy assignment when they led 12-0 with 15 minutes to go in the match before the Tigers scored twice in a matter of minutes to draw level. And then it was a costly fumbles when the game could have been stolen by the Tigers. But in the end, it was the cool, calm Jamie Soward, he's done it a number of times, slotted a drop goal for the St. George Illawarra Dragons to get home by one point over the West Tigers. In the end, it was 13-12. Soward, who had earlier missed all three of his conversion attempts, made good with the one kicked that matters as the Dragons won three on a trot for the first time under their coach, Steve Price. And it was an enthralling game that, that left more than 21,000 fans screaming right until the final series. It was a game to remember indeed at the SCG and more importantly having some of the players from 1963 around. It it was a special day. It'll be one that I will remember for a very long time to come. Also something I'll remember out of round six is the outburst from Parramatta Eels coach Ricky Stewart following their six-point loss to the Gold Coast Titans. The Titans came home with a wet sail to erase Parramatta's 14-point advantage and snatch the 22-28 victory at home to close out round six. A try to Jared Hayne, either side of the break, looked to have Ricky Stewart's eels in good stead as the visitors led 22-8 with an hour to go. Gold Coast Ashley Harrison's four-pointer could almost have been a consolation try, but then the Titans crossed twice in two minutes to overtake Parramatta. In the end, the Titans, they won at home. But there will be a lot of discussion coming out. The press conference from Ricky Stewart. This is just part of what Ricky Stewart had to say and probably, more importantly, what we're able to air as well. I just feel sorry for the players. And it's happened every week. We're just a very, very easy team to penalise. I'm sick and tired of Daniel Anderson talking to my coaches during the week and saying, yeah, he understands in regards to the penalty. That wasn't the penalty. No, penalty, no, penalty, no, penalty. And yet it still happens week in, week out. It's only because... They're a very easy team to penalise. You haven't got any of the higher profile players where you can get the penalties or milk the penalty. It's, I just feel so sorry for the players. Bust your ass all week in pre- preparation. I know what they go through, these boys. You have to go out there and be 7-0 down in the second half. <clears throat> be the better football team to be 7-0 down in the second half, then lose it 8-1 and get a cheap penalty with a minute, two minutes to go. It's just, it's wrong. I really don't know where Daniel Anderson and these referees are taking the game. The NRL talk to broadcasters, they say, don't bag the referees. The referee, there's referees there that are interpreting a different game of football to other referees. It's just not consistent. And these poor blokes go into a game of football like that, and they're the better turn for the first half. The scoreline says, says so, and all of a sudden it's 7-0 in 35 minutes of football in penalty count, and yet there were probably seven penalties there, and it probably could have been more that we were actually penalised for, and they're probably penalties. I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming about that. There's no way they were, they were that clean. It's just wrong. It was unfair tonight, and I really feel sorry for the players. Um, but until they get it wrong, they, until the NRL gets it right, you know, talk, it's just, I just feel sorry for these blokes because that out there tonight was a, um, that was very, very obvious. Over the last two weeks, we've thrown two passes, two good passes that were uh, all called 
all, all ruled forward, yet they were just too good for the refs. That wasn't a forward pass tonight, young Kalepi going through and scoring under the post. The pass was too good for the ref. Talk about first grade standards. Everybody's got to get to first grade standards. Now we sit here and we've got to front the media and we've got to try and talk to the media. And I'll try and do it as honestly as I can. Ask the refs about that. Ask Daniel Anderson about that. He'll come back and give you the sheet that I, I read during the week and don't understand. Obviously, I'm, I'm not that intelligent. But I read their reviews. I'm no further advanced in regards to reading their review. But it'll be, yeah, yes, yes, correct, a correct decision, poor decision. No one's got, no one's got any responsibility or any ownership of decisions or, or their um, referee performance. Indiscretion, well, it's referee's indiscretion. Well, right, it's right or wrong. And if he's wrong, he can't, he's not first grade standard. Put him back in the under 20s. And that was an irate Ricky Stewart talking after the Parramatta Eels lost in the final hurdle against the Gold Coast Titans, 22-28. to 28. It was indeed a very entertaining round of football. So many stories to come out of round six. No Monday night football because of the weekend's rep footy that is coming up. Australia taking on New Zealand and the city versus country on Sunday from Coffs Harbour. But big news coming through today after the City team was announced yesterday. There are a number of changes already today, only a day after it was announced. With just four NRL appearances to his credit, Tigers' James Tedesco will make his senior representative debut. He was called into the side to replace Jared Hayne at fullback for the City side. Hayne ruled out after an injury following the Titans and Eels clash on the Gold Coast. Also, Tigers' Curtis Sirenen has been called in, replaces the Bulldogs' Josh Reynolds, who has succumbed to a shoulder injury. And they will join their uh, Tigers teammate, Joel Reddy, who was already added to the Sydney back line after centres Chris Lawrence and Bo Champion were ruled out with injury. Fellow Tigers Aaron Woods and Robbie Farah have also been scratched with Adam Cuthbertson and Nathan Peets to replace them in the front row. But there will be a lot more, no doubt, happening in the representative teams throughout the week. So join Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue for the Friday's edition of The Two Halves, where they will look at the big games coming up on the weekend. Thank you so much for your company. I hope you've enjoyed Monday's edition of The Two Halves. It was a great weekend, and I hope you enjoyed round six of the NRL.